You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This is the third in the series of Flying Bridge podcasts that we're doing. And this week, we're going to go through what we want to look at monthly on an e-commerce site. So let's get started. Good evening, Mark. Yes. I'm well. Yes. Sat in a good, cold, dark part of Manchester recording a podcast. Oh, living the life, really. And I'm sitting here in a beautiful garden with a beautiful sunshine. To be honest, we were we were on the phone before and we thought we were starting to discuss the weather and we thought, God, no, we can't do this. People on the podcast will want to know the weather. Yeah. And so we better we better hold off. This is a global. Because you were moaning about it being horrible. Global weather yeah. forecast. It's yeah, joke, I, like everybody wants to know what the the weather's like in in Glendowie in, in in New Zealand, and everybody needs to know what, how it is outside your house, sitting in your car, don't they? Oh yeah, there is a um, there it's is mute. a you know there's a thought that uh, British people are obsessed with the weather, and it's absolutely true. It's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, we are obsessed with the weather. Uh, it's our go-to conversation. With anyone, in fact, you know. I know it's weird. The I go to the people. gym. Yeah. I go to the gym. I go into the change room and chat to people, and some of them don't talk to me about the weather. It just freaks me out. It's like, just, what? it's like, what's the weather what's like? Jesus, what's that? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I presume we got a, a podcast topic to talk about. Yeah, we have today, which is um, we've done daily, we've done weekly, and now we're doing monthly. So this so, is. This is uh, when you say daily. Obviously, what we're si- when you say daily, when you say yeah, daily, weekly, do- monthly, you're saying the things to check and monitor, and yeah. and it's and it, on a daily basis, and the things to check and monitor on a weekly basis, and then this week is about the monthly. Yeah. Um, and you'll note yeah. actually that if we should frame it in another way, we could actually say the things not to check on a daily or weekly, or, or monthly. And the reason why I probably mm. say things not to check is because there's an overwhelming compulsion to check everything. Um, and the problem is, if you're checking everything, you tend to get obsessed with data and in Google Analytics for, you know, for like a week, and then don't look at it again for six months. Because it's too... It's like going to the gym. It's like when you're trying to go to the gym, and you go to the gym, and you do way too much in the first week you go. And it becomes so oh god, you don't you never go again. So you have to you have to pick carefully so you stick at it. Um it's just very tempting just to go well, down a rabbit hole of mess and and just wasting time. Yeah, and I think that that's you can get yourself into a spiral of despair if you kind of keep keep just trying to change stuff all the time for the sake of changing stuff. And you know, if you're kind of constantly out there reading blogs or watching YouTube's and all that kind of stuff, and there's no framework to it, you're just gonna you're not really going to get anywhere. Like, um, you know, there's loads of people who, you know, think that, you know, working hard is enough and it's not, you've got to work on the right things. And, um, obviously, yeah, work, working hard and dedicated and stuff like that, but having a framework to work to is, is super important because otherwise, um, it's so easy to, to turn something into, 
um, a big job that's not necessarily important. Like, for example, like you, you said the other the other week about um, like a, an email flow that um, that you know you you you, you, you agonise over what that email is going to be and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it's like a an anniversary email or something like that that goes out to people, or a birthday email. And you you know like how many people have we got birthdays of? And maybe you've only got like you know, 0.0% of the list or something, you know, and it's only going to go out to so many few people. And it's, but at the same time, it can balloon into something that's difficult because you have to make decisions, you have to do stuff. And ultimately what we want to do for e-commerce owners is to pull them back to the important things at the right times in order to yeah. direct the conversation into something that's useful. I, I, Otherwise, yeah, it, it, it's, it, you just lose it. You lose the focus on what's well, you important. Do, and and you do, and also you you become emotional. You become emotional, and when you become mm. emotional, you, you become irrational, and you have a scattergun approach, and you you, you, know, you seem to be all over the place. And the problem is, you 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 can spend equal weight doing things uh, that really are not as important mm. and impactful. So it's funny enough. I, I I don't know if I was having a chat with you about this, but you often see things on LinkedIn where people make a post and say, you know. You, you know, the devil is in the detail, and you've got to sweat the little things. You know, and mm. you know all those little things. Out of, and I, I think that's absolute rubbish, because you know the problem with that statement is you, you know, your devil's in the detail. Well, what does that mean? You know, you're going to spend equal amount of time on all the areas of your e-commerce business equally. Of course, that's nonsense, isn't it? You've got to spend time on the ones that actually are going to move the needle. So I always. Yeah, laugh at those kind of posts because when you see on you know LinkedIn, people go, oh, you know, they'll go, oh yeah, great, yeah, tick, you know, like you're amazing. Well, no, it's actually, it's actually wrong. Um, you know, you've got to know which well, it attracts. It attracts the people that like to live like that and like to sweat the details of everything and like to believe everything is equally important. Now, it's, it's obviously you've got to sweat the details of the little details that are important because that's where it makes the difference. But yeah. you can very very quickly. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of no uh, some family members. No, mentioning no names. Who, uh, <laughs> who, who, who? Uh, yeah, they, they 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 sweat details all the time of everything, and it means nothing gets done. And um, yeah, it becomes it becomes very difficult. But uh, that's just families, isn't it? Yeah, families. I know. Well, yeah. so so the the so, idea. I mean, we call it the flying bridge. The idea of this method is that it. it you have a rational way of understanding what to do next on a on a daily, weekly, monthly, and then quarterly basis. Um, and it's and it's yeah. a framework. And I think we designed it because we were looking at so many e-commerce businesses all the time that we needed a quick way of assessing whether or not a business could scale. Um, and we needed a consistent yeah. way of doing it, so we weren't having to spend hours and hours and hours of looking at the data. Um, you know, every every time we we picked up an ecom brand, you know, we had to have a quick way of yeah. assessing. And it's it's also it's also how we've been managing our own brands. And it's like if you look at the ones that the one that we're growing at the moment, and it's it, it, this is what we do, and it's made it so much easier because we all know what we should be talking about. We all know what we should be focusing on. So I'm looking at the drop by drop each day, and I'm you know I'm looking at the target sheet once a month and those kind of things. And it just it just makes everything so much easier to manage and um you know it's it, it, it you know if i'm sure if we were just running that business we would make it into a full-time job and we probably wouldn't be making any more sales 
just because of the it's like the student syndrome so the student syndrome, no, the student syndrome is where they leave it to the last minute but it's the it's the, it's the syndrome or something where they the job gets uh you know whatever time yeah, is the job the job fill. expands into the time available for it you know it fills fills it yeah and i think that that you've got to you've got to resist that because um ultimately it, it will expand into um into the time you that's available so you, you you want to limit that to make sure you make better decisions faster but um should we talk about the first thing we would look at monthly yeah um yeah. So the first thing we'd look at monthly is what we call the target sheet. And the target sheet is something you can download on our website, Tools. It's one of those there. And the target sheet basically is the um, the targets, monthly targets. How much revenue do we want to do this month? And it also breaks it down into um, conversion rate, add to basket rate, basket to order rate, and average order value. And so you're looking back at the previous month and saying, did we hit our target? Yes or no. And if we did hit our target, why was it? Um, was it because we had more traffic than we we said we were targeting? Did we have a higher average order value? Did we have a higher basket to order? You know, what was it that made us hit hit the target? Or if we didn't hit a target, what was it that was that was lacking that that made it made, meant that we didn't hit the target? Yeah. And so with that, armed with that information. We then would go and say, let's say we didn't hit the target. Let's say we didn't hit the target for whatever reason. Now, now we will be aware by this stage that we weren't going to hit the target because we were looking at the, the forecast weekly against the target sheet target. So we, we it's not like a surprise to us. So mm. this is this is more of a chance to reflect on what we can do about certain trends that are happening each month. So like if we're constantly missing our targets because we're not getting enough traffic and everything else is looking good then then it's a chance to say well what's going on can we get more traffic how is this going to work you know what do we need to change fundamentally about where we're getting traffic from and things like that mm. or if it's fundamentally an average order value then you say well we really need to get the average order value up so what can we do to um to drive average order value up you know which which are the products that are driving um, the most highest average order value, which ones can actually increase? Because sometimes it might be 20% of the products actually drive, you know, the, the largest mm. average order value purchases. And therefore we can go in, you know, or you might find, and, um, you might find, for example, that the average order value dropped. Um, and actually it's because people aren't buying as, you know, the number of items per order has dropped. You know, so there may be some change to the way that you've yeah. done the upselling or bundle or mix for, you know, three for two or things like that. You know, but it, it allows yeah, or, or you to. The, I mean, yeah. the nice thing, to summarize the target sheet, it's it, it. Everything that you could do in an e-commerce business is on it. Like it's very very simple. It basically goes back to the same analogy that you know, in order to drive revenue in an e-commerce business, it's only three things that matter. It's how many how much traffic you've got, so how many customers come into your shop, how much they spend, which is the average order value, and how many actually buy something which is your conversion rate traffic average order value conversion rate that's it you know fundamentally mm. that's it so it 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 forces you to just go right back to those fundamental questions and the nice thing is you you'll start to see trends happening which so typically um you'll see you know your out to basket might be dipping um 
And you're like, okay, mm. that's interesting. It's starting to dip. But it's okay because my average order value actually has gone up. And so overall, yeah. we're actually still hitting target. So then you ask yourself, well, am I okay with that? And you go, well, yeah, I'm hitting my yeah. target. You know, but you know, conversely, sometimes you know, your average order value could dip or your add to basket could dip and, and you know, you're not hitting target. Um, it just forced you to make those decisions because then the, the, your target sheet and what's happening to the fundamental basic maths should then be linked to the activity you're doing in the next month, which really is your roadmap and your sprints. Yeah. You know, so it yeah. should be aligned with it. So you, you what what yeah. typically happens you, is you, the roadmap you, that's developed by your team can often have no relation to your actual metrics and KPIs that you're achieving your target sheet. And it tends to be sort of mm. it's it's but the number one thing that we often see is that you know you do the target sheet and you look at okay, average order value is dipping. And then you go and look at the roadmap and it's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the you know, the average order value is dipping, you're yeah. doing something completely irrelevant. Um, so we try to tie it together so that you're making decisions on yeah. what work to do to have an impact on on the maths, essentially. Yeah, so you're basically kind of going, well, this is the issue at the moment. What are we working on? And it's kind of like, well, okay, we're working on this other thing. And it's like, well, that's not the issue. So what are we doing? We're tying it back to it's basically making sure you're on, on track, yeah. isn't it? It's like saying, it's like you've got a GPS and you're trying to go to uh, Newcastle and you look at it and you kind of go, well, actually, we seem to be headed in either other direction and that's not where we want to go. So you're kind of bringing it, bringing it back. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a high level discussion, mm. very quick discussion, really like, you know, look, what do we hit? Do we hit the target? What are we doing? What we need to do about it? Like, for example, like I'm just looking at, um, um, the betting company um, last month, and it's uh, um, you know we're we're way above on average uh, average order value, way above, uh, slightly below on add to basket, um, slightly below on basket to order. But the most important one is actually that slipping is, is is traffic. So if we want to hit what we want to do, we need more traffic. And so you know, and, that, and then we look at the roadmap, and one of the roadmap things is to start Facebook advertising, which I've now hooked you up with our Facebook advertiser person, and you're going to go and start start some facebook ads with them you know so we look at our roadmap we go well that, that ties into the roadmap doesn't it yeah that works that's good and the reason so and actually sense. the reason why we've done it that way because because essentially we've we've done the easy stuff first you know we've been driving it really with google shopping and google ads mm. and we've maxed that because that's the obvious thing to do yeah. and then we didn't need to do anything else because we were hitting our target now we've got to a point where you know we're probably at you know a couple of million probably a little bit more um yeah. And we're saying, well, what's the next thing to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's fine. And then, so once you've reviewed your target sheet, you make sure that you're on track. The things you're doing actually tie in with where you need to be. That's great. The, the other thing we look at monthly is, um, is, is the lifetime customer value. And this might be a little bit difficult to describe on a podcast, but we look at, something called the customer cohort analysis. So let me see if I can describe this. So basically, you a customer cohort analysis is something that we started to see when we used to work with, well, we, we still do actually, we work with VCs and investment firms, and they would always bring out this chart where it shows you, like let's say the customers bought in, like 100 customers bought in January, and the average order value 
for those customers in January was £100 or $100, whatever. Um, it would then look to see how those 100 customers aged over the next 12 months. So in month one, month two, month three, that um, the value per customer, so if you do the total revenue from that 100 customers divided by 100 is going to increase because some of those customers are going to buy again. So it might go from 100 to 110, 120, whatever it is, each month. And the customer cohort analysis um, shows you how your customers are aging through the months. And of course, to see the 12 month lifetime customer value, you have to have 12 months of data. But you know, for customers who only bought three months ago, you've only got three months of data. But what we can do is we can start to see trends. So for example, I'm looking at the bedding company and it started off you know, in um, uh, October, 2022, the average order value was around 90 pounds. Right. And after 12 months, those customers were about 125 pounds. They were worth about 125 pounds to us. Now, our average order value has gone up to around 140 pounds. So higher already than our total lifetime customer value after 12 months at the beginning of the year. And it's looking like if you look at the trends that maybe our lifetime value will be around 200 pounds. And so because I can see that changing, that will change the other tool, which is the margin calculator sheet. And the margin calculator sheet is what we use to decide how much we can afford to buy a customer for. Because very simply, what we, what you know, basically how much you, how much you can afford to buy a customer is based around how much value you get out of the customer. And if you're getting more value out of a customer, it means that you can afford to pay more for a customer. And so therefore, uh, we can change how much we uh, can afford at the front end. And so that's going to change your math because you can say, well, are we pushing things too hard? Are we, are, we, are we saying to the marketing teams that the ROAS they're going to hit is too high or too low? And you can make that decision at that point. So I've probably done a very bad job at, at, mm. um, at uh, well, I'm describing laughing. customer I'm laughing cohort. in my head because, you know, I try, and just, I try and describe this. You know, I did this in the Atlanta you know, in the in the, uh, the Mailchimp event, and you know, you 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 said I made a a pig's yeah. ear of it, but you know, I think that was okay. I think what you described. I mean, obviously, mm. you have to ask people how they felt about it because it's a, it's it it's a massive, massive, massive part of e-commerce. Um, because I described it to somebody on the uh, coaching call on, yeah. on Thursday morning, and I I explained it to him three times. And eventually he kind of, you know, when you get to the, see someone just kind of saying, nodding that they understand it, but you <laughs> can see stop. behind their eyes that they don't. And they just kind of go, I'm not going to get this to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that kind of moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a very useful well, tool. It's actually in Shopify as a cohort yeah. analysis. It's in there by default. I mean, it's, it's in Suite in Analytics as well. In a nutshell, you know, people buy more than once on average. You know, in, in an e-commerce yeah. business, you know, and there's some businesses like if you're, if you're going to buy contact lenses, contact lenses is a good example. If you buy contact lenses online, you buy them probably every month. So somebody who buys contact lenses is... You don't. No? You don't. You buy six month. You buy a six-month supply. For someone who buys six contact just, lenses, I don't go just, and buy one every why month. Why have you just made my nice little example complicated? Because anybody who buys contact lenses will be listening to you and going... That's All right, think about something you buy regularly every month, right? 
Yeah. So like a like a like a Hello Fresh or a Gusto meal, you know, a meal subscription type thing. Yeah. You're buying it every month. Yeah. So obviously, if you only look at the first sale that the customer spends, you know, you're you know you're saying okay, yeah. that customer spends fifty dollars on the first purchase. You know, but actually, mm. over a twelve month period or or a twenty four month period, they're actually spending three hundred dollars. So obviously yeah. you need to factor that in because the customer's worth more. The value of the customer, which is what's called lifetime customer value, they're worth more to you as a business. So you're saying, well, actually, I'm quite happy to be more aggressive and go for a lower ROAS. So the lower the ROAS means the bigger the marketing budget, the, you know, the more you spend to get, to, to get that customer. So you're basically looking at the lifetime mm. value and when people say lifetime value, I mean, in most cases, people actually say, we, we always say like a 12-month period because you don't want to get too giddy. But ultimately, the reason why Mark said looking at the cohort analysis is because the lifetime customer value changes over time. And you want to know how it's changing. So sometimes it can go up and it's, sometimes it can go down. And so if it goes up, you know, you think, wow, actually, the lifetime customer value of this customer now has gone from, in, our, in the bedding demos case, you know, it's gone up from like £120 to like, you know, knocking on £200. So all of a sudden, it makes it a lot easier for us because we can take the ROAS down from like three to two, for example, because it makes sense. Yeah, the customer's worth more. We're getting but more, on the other more value. But on the other yeah. side, you know, if it goes down, like if it goes from two hundred down to like, let's say it went down to one hundred and forty, like actually, all of a sudden we can't afford. What's happened there? So if you don't track that number, mm. you have no idea, and you can get into the position where, you know, you you think you're doing okay in your econ business, but all you're doing is milking your existing customers. And actually, you're not recruiting new ones, and the lifetime customer value therefore is dropping because there's only so many times they buy, but you can't see it. Yeah, you know. I I'm just going to put a caveat to that because it, it it in a business like bedding, like a lot of people um, who are going to buy again will do so fairly quickly, probably within ninety days. So you can see that eighty percent of people buy again within ninety days. Like so, therefore. You can affect your lifetime customer value by affecting the second sale, which can happen within a short period of time. So you have much more control over your lifetime value in a business like that compared to like a supplement business or, you know, there's a soap business we're working with in America. Like they take a lot longer to buy the second time because they have to consume the product first. So they'll, they, they'll, they'll you know, the soap's got to be used or the supplements have got to be, you know, um, taken and so those businesses where the 80 percent of the customers who are going to buy again maybe take 365 days or 250 days or something like that you're probably not going to need to look at the lifetime value as often uh, cohort analysis as often because it's not going to change as much because we influence the lifetime customer value um the most by implementing the second sale so in and i do a lot of training on getting the second sale and where that second sale happens is obviously where it's going to be the inflection point, the, the trigger point of where it, the lifetime value can go up. But if you have to wait 250 days or 300 days for that second sale, you're not going to see it on a three month customer cohort analysis. You're only going to see it on 
you know, over a longer period. So in terms of our bedding store, things can turn around very, very quickly because people tend to buy again relatively quickly. Um, and so that's why we're looking at it more, more, more on that side. So you kind of need to know the, um, the, the I, I wrote a, a, an article actually on the, on the Facebook group talking about the rhythms of your, of your customers. And, you know, you've got to beat the drum in rhythm with your, the way your customer buys. And you've got to understand uh, who you're dealing with. And it's different across lots of different e-commerce industries, but it's only, a, it's only really a look at it. Yeah. It's actually in, um, you know, the, the Sweet Analytics, Hammersley Brothers um, dashboard that we did uh, a couple of, a few podcasts ago. Um, you can see in that dashboard how, how long it takes to people to buy the second time. So 80% yeah. of the time. How, how long it takes 80 percent so it, it is in that that uh, kind of and actually sweet version i think you've hit the nail i it. think you've hit the nail on the head really because you you're really talking about going with going with the flow of the river you know so if people are mm. and often you know to get the, the key to getting lifetime customer value up is to get them to buy twice and once they've bought twice mm. they tend to be much more likely to buy three, three times but and also the length of time it takes if they if they don't buy the second time when they should be buying the second time they tend not to buy at all so i remember that that soap business for example we found that the key point was 60 days so the second purchase if they don't buy again within 60 days the chances are that they're not going to buy at all and we could see that the lifetime customer value was dropping and it, and actually if you could pinpoint why it was dropping it was because they weren't buying a second time at that 60 day point that something had happened mm. in their business, in their marketing, in their follow-up, in their journey for whatever. Re- or they were recruiting customers that were not as loyal for some reason. There was something changing fundamentally, and it changed their entire maths of the business. You know, the last customer mm. value was really mm. suffering. Um, so it's like, right, what's going on? So basically, go with the flow of the river. And in a nutshell, you know, be aware of your customer goal analysis. But really, what we're saying is, you know have a look at lifetime customer value and when they're likely to buy a second time that's when you should be pushing it you know and, it, and there's only so many so many things you can do you can't force people to buy again if they don't want to buy again but you can you can enhance the natural motivation of a customer by yeah. making sure that you're pushing them at the right time with the right type of offer yeah I like yeah, it's like, it's like the, the the rhythm example. If you if they're beating a drum, if you beat it in rhythm with them, you can make it louder, which means that more people are going to buy the second time at the right time. So it's about being in rhythm with them, um, and the more you do that, the um, the, the more resonance you'll get in your business. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, good little analogy there. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. If people have, have reported to me that they can't tell the difference between me and you when we're talking on the podcast because you've got the same voice it's the same it's um, one person and i noticed on the video that was someone was interviewing <laughs> interviewing yesterday you were interviewing them on the video and he kept calling you mark i know he, he didn't know i don't correct them different. anymore it's funny no Just... i think one of us should go a lot more northern well it's got to be me and it could kind of you need to put your you need to put your oh. new zealand twangle you need to go up at the end of the sentences Washington. I can't do a New Zealand accent because um, everything I, sounds yeah, like a question. I just can't do one. I do that. I do that. I know you do. I do that. I go. I go. What's your name? I go. My name's Mark. <laughs> Is right? it? And they go. You. 
you should know what your own name is, surely. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I remember that first time I came back to the UK, uh, I was I was asking people questions all the time. They're like, that's not a question. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, oh, anyway. But, um, What's next? The target sheet. The next one is um, customer cohort. You do the target sheet. You do the live to, live customer, to customer value, value um, predictions, and then the um, the next one is is monthly email captures, which has become a really big one for us because we we um, we've seen the effect of email on the customer recruitment. Um, so the the amount of emails we can capture during the month will massively affect mm. how many new customers we can actually recruit. Um, and it's kind of like having a second win. So you'll get your pay-per-click or your Facebook sales, and then you get the emails, which we've captured, kind of giving us a second wind of new customer recruitment. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, if you'd asked us five years ago what email was for, we would say, oh, yeah, you, it's about, because yeah, okay, some new, new customers, but it's mostly about existing yeah. customers buying again. Whereas we've kind of changed our tune massively mostly from running our own brands to see the value of uh, uh, what we can do yeah. with new customers. And that's why uh, we track it. And, and I had a conversation today with, uh, with a, with a brand coming onto level two and they, and they, and they were like, you know, started off with a statement. Oh, well, you know, emails, email really is there for retention, life to customer value. And I said, well, it is, but also it's really important for the, for getting the first sale. And it, it turbocharges mm. all the other activities. So if, even if you're a social, you know, you're a social business, or you're a Google shopping business, or you're a Google, you know, or you're a bit of both. It, it doesn't matter. It turbocharges whatever whatever channels you're using as a paid, because you're capturing email. Yeah. So, and it's also, you know, once it's set up, once email flows are set up, the welcome programs, the abandonment programs, you know, you've got your offer architecture all dialed in. You know, what it's like a no-brainer to get more email addresses because it's all done. Yeah. You know, so this is why we're tracking. It. And and actually, it's amazing how many times I've I've, I've asked this question twice today so i had two meetings today and i said right what is your what is your your uh your you know your pop-up form you know you need, what's your newsletter percentage of how many people are filling in that so if you've got a pop how many people are filling it in one said 1.1 percent i was like oh my god it's absolutely terrible you know 1.1 percent and the other one said oh mm. we don't have anything we don't have any any new date i'm like oh my god have you not listened to any podcasts that's the one thing yeah. that we've been banging on about for the last probably year because we, like we say, we've seen the power yeah. of it. So I, I'm actually, you know, I'm saying to customers, you've got to obsess over the amount of, um, of emails you're getting, mm. you know, make it, a, make it mm. a competition. You know, obviously we say, you know, 10%, you should be getting 10% of all, all users. And some businesses are nowhere near that. You know, it's like no. a single thing. Yeah. And it, it's such, it's such, it's such a big thing. And I think the reason they don't, it, it's the reason we don't notice that it's important is because there's a delayed reaction between how many emails we capture and then what sales we get later on. And so you don't instantly make the connection between the two because it's not like Google Ads where you suddenly spend a lot more and you get low more sales or you Facebook, you spend more and you get more. You know, it's like a delayed effect. And anything that's delayed, it's kind of like, well, we did quite well there, but we don't know why. You know, whereas um, I think because of the businesses we set up, recently we dialed it down to just really really basics of the business you could just it was kind of like took off uh it, you know revealed the curtain to say look this is this is really important mm. 
and so that's why we're looking at the data capture rate. Um, and it's one of the things that um, we, 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 we're going to look at um, a, a lot more uh, for people. And we might even even put a service around around it. We were talking about, you and I were talking about it last yeah. night, weren't we? About, um, about all, the, all those kind of things. Uh, because it's super important. And I think that's one of the easiest ways we can, we can increase people's revenue. We've certainly done it for our own stores. Um, and you can see the difference between like the US store and the, the UK store in terms of which one's doing better. And it's which one's got the highest yeah. data capture rate is, 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 is way higher. Um, so that's email captures. And basically that simply is how many email addresses you've got in total uh, over the month divided by the total number of sessions that you had that month. And we want to have 10% or more if we can. Now don't freak out if yours is at 1%. Um, just realize that that's where you are at the moment and you want to get it better. I mean, if you've got 2%, that means you've doubled your data capture rate. It's, it's, it's quite a big deal. So um, understand where you are um, and, and improve it. And you'll do a lot better in business. And it's, it's really that simple. So yeah. that's what we're looking at there. The next one we look at monthly is uh, the six-month customer recruitment figure. And this was one that uh, I learned um, when I was, um, I was just doing a lot of modeling for one of the big customers. And Jason says he listens to this podcast. So, hey, Jason. And this is when I was doing the modeling for uh, that company. And one of the things that really helped me work out the modeling to understand how many sales we were going to do next year or in, this, in the second half of the year was basically how many customers, just the number of customers we recruited six months uh, year on year. So, for example, like the, um, the bedding company, for example, like last year at this time, we in the, in the previous six months, we, we recruited 3000 customers ish. You know, at the same time this year, in the, in the, in the past six months, we've recruited 7,500 customers. So, you know, that run rate of customer recruitment is going to have a massive impact on, on what's going to happen over the next six months because it makes a big uh, impact on, you know, particularly things like Black Friday, holiday seasons, things like that that's coming up. It's like, well, you know, how big's the tank? Because always in any business is the, the most recent customers are always the most responsive. It's just the way it is. And if so, you haven't, someone's bought for you for five years, unless you're our friend selling water filters, you know, who gets people buying like for 14, 15 years, um, in most businesses that you're forgotten, you're in the dust. And so it, it effectively, um, it's going to make a big difference for, for, for how things move forward and, and, and what's happening in the business. So we look at the six-month recruitment figure to see, um, is it gone up? Is it gone down? How are we looking? Um, how does that affect our thoughts about our targets and what's happening? And, and I think that's really useful, a really useful figure mm. to um, Well, I mean, basically, to, to, to basically you can only milk your existing customers so far. You, you know, you're heard, you know. You, you need to get yeah. so much revenue, and obviously, you need to, you need to bring in new customers in order to in order to milk them. So yeah, you know. yeah, and I think it's kind of like you know, if you go and look at when you were in COVID, and you go and look at it now, and you go, oh god, we you know, last year we, by this stage we we recruited like a million customers, and now we've only recruited five hundred customers, and this month wasn't as good. You can see, well, yeah, that's why. You know, it's because 
you're just not recruiting as many people as you had. And, and you know, it gives you it gives you much more of a realistic viewpoint on what you're going to do moving forward. And I think that the dangerous thing in e-commerce is that, you know, you can if you don't have those figures and you don't know what's going to happen in the next six months, you can lean into um, you can lean into things. You can spend more and you get yourself into a bigger hole. Whereas if actually, you know, you look at it and you go, well, we haven't recruited as much as we did. So last year, so we're probably not going to get the return that we want. So therefore, we should probably keep our powder dry a little bit to wait until we're actually seeing cheaper customers in the market or, or, or whatever the discussion. Or you might be the opposite. You go, gosh, well, you know, like, like with the betting company, we're sitting there going, gosh, we should be doing really well um, over Black Friday this year because we're going into it with three times as many customers who recruited last year. Last year, we did this amount. So wouldn't it be great if we did three times as much revenue? I'm not saying we will, um, but it's certainly forecasting to do, you know, the number you picked out the out, out of the area, which was, you know, highly, half a million, highly educated half a million pounds. Guess. Highly educated guess. You know, we're on target to, um, to, to hit it, but not quite hit it. But, you know, it could be exciting, couldn't yeah. it, if we, if we did it? So, you know, um, and that would be almost almost three times what we did, what we did last year. So, um you know, it, 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 it just gives you uh, an idea of um, of what's going to move forward, what's going to move the needle and what you're sitting on. And if you're sitting there going, this is what I'm going to invest. This is what I need to invest. And is this a time to lean in or lean out? And am I building big digging a hole um, that's too big to get out of? Or, or, or am I leaning into something that is actually looking really good and um, it's, it's going to it's going to move move forward because. Uh, ultimately, forecasting is hard. Forecasting is probably one of the most hardest things you have to do in e-commerce in anything because any kind of forecast is, uh, it's like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And it's it's difficult. So, But I find that the six-month recruitment figure is the best um, recruitment tool that I've got. Yes, it's, it's, it's simplistic, um, but if you've been listening to the Hamilton Brothers for a while, you'll know that we like to dial things down to very simple things um, so that we can actually use them every day. Otherwise, if it's too complicated, we we don't we don't look at it, you know, because it's too it's too difficult to um, to keep looking at and understand. Um, and, and that's what we look at monthly, I think, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. Um, so. I mean, obviously, you you know, by the by, you know, when you, we said before, actually, because you mentioned, look, you know, you should be doing your daily and weekly things alongside this, you know, obviously, so, yeah. you know, so that by the time you get to the end of the month, really, you know, you've been monitoring your, your you know, your drop by drop, your, you know, your new customer ROAS, you know, you know where you are, you know, yeah. because you, you've been looking at your target sheet pro rata for each week, so look, we're going to hit the target, what can we do? And then, so at the end of the month, really, yeah. it's your summary, and you, you, you're really setting the, the the strategic direction for the whole business, really, for the next month. What's the critical things we need to focus on in the next four weeks? Yeah, you know, and it, it's it, yeah, it's as simple as that, really. And it's also not like monthly would be the time when you might change a different ROAS target, but you wouldn't want to be doing that weekly or daily because it's too much. It's too much of a of a of a as a swap. Mm. You know, it's going to destabilize everything. Too too. Sorry, it was it's got cut off there for a second. Yeah, it went. 
Yeah. Is that me? Is that you? Yeah. It was me. Oh. It was me. Oh, they're so unprofessional. Yeah. Honestly. I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, I'll say... Well, the... Maybe it gave people time to think yeah. deeply about what we were saying. Because otherwise, you know, we talk so fast. Yeah. 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 People listen to it on the time too. I listen to your videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I listen to your videos at times too. Sometimes 2.5. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say the, like um, the other elements, which, we, which we're not going to cover, but the other, we, we, in our flying bridge methodology, which is what we're talking about, and the flying bridge methodology really is a, is a, is a method of, of running your e-commerce business and so making sure you're looking at the right things and not, the, and not obsessing over the wrong things and becoming an emotional wreck. But the, the other thing is the quarterly and then biannually ones, which really are um, uh, the bigger picture. So it's when you're setting the targets for the next period, the next year, and you're really saying, okay, look, we're doing 5 million now. We want to get to 10. You know, that's when you're adjusting the target sheet to say, well, you know, how much traffic would we need if we continue at the same rate of conversion rate, average order value, and lifetime customer value? And you think, Christ, we're going to need to, like, treble our, our paid. Well, we're not going to be able to do that. So where's the growth going to come from? And so, I mean, often you know, it comes down to the questions around margin and lifetime customer value. You know, it's things like that, that yeah. you can't, you know, you can't change your margin on a monthly basis because often it, well, unless you put your prices up, but often, you know, you, you've got to then, yeah. you've got to liaise with suppliers. You've got to, you've got to decide, well, manufacturing, you know, can we bring in other products? Can we add well, I presume, retention Well, I presume we're going to do another podcast. We're going to do another podcast on the bi-monthly and quarterly yeah, okay, stuff. Okay, so fine, yeah, You probably shouldn't. Give it away. Give away. Oh, that's good. The jewels. Yeah. You know, like what? Because otherwise, people won't tune in. We should. Like, I think that the podcasts get listened to the most is the ones that turn everything into like, like this. This is like a forty-minute episode. They should turn it into like, like, like five or ten five-minute ones. You know, it's like then your your listeners would go up because they have to download each bit. It's cheating, though, isn't it? It's cheating. However, it, however, it works. Mm-hmm. What's the you know the market? Know. If you're doing an exam, you just figure out the market criteria. Yeah, because people do exactly. We don't do any advertising on the podcast, and we haven't done any advertising on the podcast. Um, uh, mostly because I haven't. I don't know. I don't know if we want to do. We might do it. Some, might do at some point. No, because then you have to, to be nice to people. You have to actually. You know, yeah, and you can't. And you have to then say, whoever it is is good. Yeah. Um, and they might not be. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and he's like, every bloody thing is just like him doing a big, big advert in, in the middle of it. And I'm like, I think we're in a similar, on, I on. think we're in a similar status to Joe now. I'm surprised he hasn't reached yeah. out to us and say, you know, you're two odd guys in England who would do, do a podcast with very, hardly any listeners. Why don't you come on yeah. and talk? And, um, and um, sit next to Elon Musk and, uh, and, and you know, talk about what's got going on. I think we're at that level. Yeah. It's, not, it's, just, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. It's yeah. Of time. <laughs> yeah. Right, I better let you go into yeah, your no, house. Yeah, I know. Good sake, it's late now. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. All right. Have a See good day. See you next week. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Cheers. Bye.